and welcome to today's episode of TapCast. I'm your host, Chloe Warzinia. In today's episode, I'm going to preview a workshop that will be coming up later in February on engaging a quiet classroom. For more information about this workshop or any of our workshops, or to register, go to tap.ruckers.edu. For now, let's get started on today's preview. So at the TA Project, every semester we offer a handful of workshops for TAs on a variety of topics. And if any TA takes at least four of these workshops, then uh, you can earn a certificate in teaching, which is always uh, a good thing to put on your CV when you're applying for jobs later. Later in February, specifically on Thursday, February 27th, I'll be running a workshop on engaging a quiet classroom. In that workshop, we're going to talk a little bit about how to start the semester off right uh, and sort of set the tone uh, early in the semester, creating that culture of engagement. We're going to talk about how productive silence can actually be and how to take advantage of that silence and make it productive. We're also going to talk a little bit about how this topic intersects with inclusive pedagogy. Um, There are a lot of different ways it can. Uh, One example is that personally, as a woman in mathematics, I often hear instructors lament that uh, their female students just aren't speaking up enough in class. Uh, And very well-intentioned, they want to encourage them to speak up more. Um, But that can be a tricky situation to navigate well. Uh, And just saying, hey, speak up more is not necessarily the best way to actually handle that situation. So we're going to talk about some of those sticky situations as well. On today's episode, though, I'm going to talk just a little bit about one specific scenario that uh, has to do with a quiet classroom. And it can often be one of our worst nightmares as teachers. So you're, imagine you're lecturing and it doesn't have to be a long lecture. Maybe it's a 10 minute, 10 minutes of your lecture. And you feel like you've just given the most beautiful lecture of your life. It was clear, it was well-planned, everything worked out the way you wanted to. And you felt like, yeah, they should really understand this topic now. And you ask them a question at the end of that, that they should all be able to know without any issue based on that 10 minutes of lecture you just gave. And the room is silent and they're just staring at you. That can be super scary. Now, I should first point out that what feels like an eternity to instructors might not actually be that long. So first, I would recommend actually waiting a few seconds And when I say that, I mean legitimately count in your head because your perception of time moving is going to be very different from the student's perception of time moving in that moment. The number I often hear is 10 seconds if you wait for 10 seconds uh, for a student response. And I would say that if your uh, next step is going to be to just answer your own question, um, if you don't get any responses, then yes, 10 seconds is a good amount of time. Usually before you get to the 10 seconds, someone will say something, uh, either volunteer an answer or um, ask a clarifying question. But 
I think that there's a couple alternative next steps you can take. And for those, I don't think you need to wait quite as long. Personally, I would say maybe three to five seconds. Uh, and if one of uh, if someone hasn't spoken up in that time, you could try another strategy. And some of the strategies you might think about depends on some different reasons that the room might be silent. So one reason is, well, maybe you did give this phenomenal lecture and they really did absorb all that information and they have an idea and they have an answer, but they're for a variety of reasons, maybe they don't want to volunteer it. Um, alternatively, they might not have an idea yet, but maybe they just haven't quite had time to process the information or process the question. Um, another reason might be that they just didn't hear or didn't understand your question. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. Maybe they just zoned out for a second. We all do it. It's perfectly normal human behavior. Uh, maybe they were uh, copying these wonderful notes that you had up and they were distracted by copying the notes and so they didn't hear your question. Um, maybe they just didn't understand quite what you were asking. Or maybe they just legitimately had a hard time hearing what you said. These are all perfectly valid reasons to uh, not volunteer an answer to your question, but that none of that is a bad reflection of your lecture. Um, it's just helping us phrase how we're going to move next. So I really like the next step to be a think-pair-share. So uh, this is a common technique that a lot of teachers and instructors will use. The basic idea is three steps. The first step is think. So you ask students to think about the question by themselves for a couple of minutes. Um, sometimes you can have them write down a solution or an answer to the question in their notebook. So that, that helps really solidify that time that they can internally process the question. That helps deal with that situation of the student who just hasn't quite processed the question that uh, you've asked or hasn't quite processed the information yet and just needs a few more seconds or maybe another minute to do so. I also recommend either putting the question up on the board or repeating it at this point for those students who uh, may have not heard or understood the question. Uh, and a rephrasing can be really helpful in this case as well. So then once they've had a chance to think, the second step is pair. So you have students share uh, what they had come up with with the person next to them uh, or uh, in a group of three if you need to. Um, but the word pair typically does indicate two people. Uh, so really it is just turn to the person next to you and just sort of take a second to compare notes. Uh, and then once everyone's had a chance to do that for a few minutes, then step three is the share portion of it, where as a group you come together and usually at this point, because students have, first of all, had a chance to really think about it for themselves and process the information, and then secondly, share it in a very low stakes environment when they're only talking to one other person, that can really bring up the, get the conversation going. And uh, students are generally much more ready to uh, engage as a larger class and volunteer ideas um, and answers to the broader class after having done the first two steps. Another tool that can be helpful um, and is often uh, connected with a think-pair-share, uh, if you have a clicker or student response system, that can be really great uh, for this stage in the process. So uh, you might have a clicker question, you might 
turn it into a clicker question and have students answer on their own without talking to anyone, thus being that being the think part of it. Then you say, okay, um, if, if everyone seems to have gotten it right, then uh, that's your answer. And uh, maybe it was just that they were nervous to share it, and that's fine. And if you're crunched for time, you can move on. Uh, but maybe you see that the results are kind of spread out and, and the students aren't really coalescing around one correct answer, uh, or maybe they are coalescing around an answer, but it's not the right one. Uh, then you can bring in the pair side of it and have them compare answers with their neighbors and the people around them. Uh, and this will usually help the uh, shift the students towards the correct answer. Uh, and then you can take the polling again after the pair stage uh, and see if that does actually help. And then uh, if you want to or if you feel like you need to based on the pair results, you can then go back into the larger group share. Um, I think a lot of instructors don't do a third polling after the share portion um, because a lot of times the instructor essentially gives the correct answer at that stage. Um, but you certainly could choose to do so. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing that. So that's just a couple of strategies for one small scenario that can happen uh, when you're teaching and the room is quiet. Notice that we really took advantage of the silence. So we started off with silence that was scary. And for a think portion of a think pair share, we're making that silence. We are elongating the silence because we're explicitly saying take one minute or two minutes rather than initially what was 10 seconds to think about it by yourself and the room should be silent in that moment you're extending the silence but you're extending it and making it productive you're giving students a moment to actually be with their thoughts and process the information and process the question and come up with an answer but then you're giving them an opportunity to engage in a way that is much more low stakes and so you get the conversation going. The room should be very loud during the pair portion of uh, Think, Pair, Share. Uh, and then once both of those things have happened, the class is really ready to go to, uh, to engage in, and not be a, a quiet classroom anymore. So uh, give that a try next time you're staring at uh, a silent room of students that's staring back at you. And if you want to talk more about how to engage a quiet classroom and some of the strategies we talked about earlier, uh, you should come to my workshop, uh, which will be again on Thursday, February 27th from noon to 1.30 p.m. Uh, it's in the Bush Student Center. We also have a variety of other wonderful workshops that are coming up this semester, uh, as well as a variety of workshops that are being hosted by the Center for Teaching Advancement and Assessment Research, uh, who we partner with to put on uh, some workshops on teaching with technology for our TAs. You can find all of the information about our upcoming workshops at tap.ruckers.edu. You can also stay up to date with the latest TAP information uh, by following us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash TA project, which is all one word. And we're on Twitter. Uh, our handle is at TA underscore project. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll consider attending some of our workshops uh, if you are currently at Rutgers or taking some of the classes that we offer. Uh, you can also share this with a friend. Uh, we are available on most podcast applications. Until next time, thanks for listening.